Let's pray together, please. If you have your Bibles, turn to Exodus 32 and Exodus 33. I find these accounts of Moses wrestling with God so encouraging, and I hope they'll be encouraging to you as well. Um, Lord, again, we ask that you would speak to us. I pray that there would be perfect timing um, for these uh, devotionals, that that people would hear just what you want them to hear, need what they need to hear from you in perfect timing. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Philip Yancey once observed that most of his struggles as a follower of Christ circle around the same two themes. Theme number one, why doesn't God act the way we want him to? And theme number two, why don't I act the way God wants me to? Prayer, he observed, is precisely the point where these two themes converge. One of the struggles that we have in prayer is, why doesn't God answer prayer the way that I want him to in the time that I want him to? But God must wonder in, my, in our prayers, why don't you do what I'm calling you to do in these prayers? I freely admit the prayer is hard for me. I pray every day. But I don't pray like the great people of the Bible or the great people of history have prayed, I freely admit. And I think the reason that I struggle is one of these questions of Yancey, why doesn't God act the way I want him to? You know, it's easy to doubt prayer when our prayers don't get answered readily or in the ways that we want. In fact, some people will go so far as to say, you know, it's important to pray, but not because God's going to change anything. God will change you. God uses prayer to change you, but God doesn't change things when we pray. What do you think? Does God change things when we pray, or does God just change us? I think it's kind of discouraging if all you think is that God's just going to change me. I think that's why I find myself so encouraged when I read Moses' encounters with God in, found here in Exodus chapter 32 and 33, because it really does address the question, does God really listen when we pray? Will God really change things when we pray? Um, because if God is God, it's easy to think, well, he knows everything, and, and if, since he knows everything, once he makes a decision, he's not going to change anything. Is that how you feel? Well, be encouraged. In Moses, in, in Exodus chapter 23, 32, the people of Israel are in the wilderness. They've been freed miraculously. They've been freed by God from Egypt. Moses is now on Mount Sinai receiving the Ten Commandments from God. And while Moses is away in these 40 days, the people begin to doubt. And their doubt turns to idolatry. They want to worship, but they think about the way that they worshiped in Egypt. And so they build this golden calf so that they can worship. Exodus chapter um, 32, verse 6 says, uh, So the next day, the people rose early, <laughs> didn't want to miss out on it, and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink, and they got up to indulge in revel revelry. In other words, um, just like with pagan worship, this was not just about worshiping the idol. It was also about indulging in sexual desires, and it's the whole 
bacchanalia experience. Then the Lord said to Moses, go down because your people whom you brought out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, these are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them, that I may destroy them, and I will make you, a great nation. You get the picture? After being in slavery for 400 years, God powerfully frees the people of Israel, makes them a great nation, gives them great wealth as they're leaving Egypt. He's leading them to the promised land, a land that they've been waiting for since their father Abraham was first, first heard the promise. But Moses goes away for a few days and they're quickly turning away from the God who delivered them from Egypt, going back to their old ways. And so God says, Moses, I've had it up to here with them. I know their hearts. I am going to wipe them out and start over new with you and your family. And what's Moses do? Moses prays. Listen to his prayer, beginning with verse 11. Moses sought the favor of the Lord, his God. Oh Lord, he said, Why should your anger burn against your people whom I brought out of Egypt with great power? I'm sorry, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand. Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent. Do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. To whom you swore by your own self, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. I will give your descendants all the land I've promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Verse 14, then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Isn't that great? God says, I'm going to wipe them out, Moses, start over with you. Later on, by the way, I think Moses probably regrets arguing with God on this one because later on, Moses is kind of like, God, would you wipe them all out? But anyway, um, but Moses appeals to them. God, don't do this. It'll look terrible. Be a terrible example of the people in Egypt. He gives God some logical appeal. Don't destroy them. Give them another chance. And God says, okay, Moses, I will. Does God really listen when we pray? Does God really change things or does he just change us? I like to read Exodus 32 because it reminds me, Moses was not, yes, Moses was special, but he was just a man who prayed sincerely and God answered his prayer and changes things. Remember when you pray, God is listening and he really does change things. Consider another example that we find in Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33 begins with God proclaiming his disgust and frustration again with the people of God, with the people of Israel. Verse 1, the Lord said to Moses, leave this place and the people that you brought out of Egypt. 
Go up to the land that I promised on oath to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Parasites. I'm sorry. No, that's not Parasites. Um, whatever, Hivites, Jebusites, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you're a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. I think that's hysterical. And when the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn and no one put on any ornaments for the Lord had said to Moses, tell the Israelites, you're a stiff-necked people and I were to go with you even for a moment, I might destroy you. Now take off your ornaments and I will decide what to do with you. Isn't that great? God says, Moses, I am just so fed up with these people. I'm going to send an angel to lead, but I'm going to withdraw my presence personally. If you're Moses in that position, what do you do? I think, to be honest with you, I think that I say, okay, God, if that's your, if that's what you want to do, if that's your will, then your will be done. But Moses tells God what he wants. This is faith. It's not presumptuous because I don't think he's demanding this of God, but he's boldly declaring to God what he wants. Verse 13, Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, leave these people. But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You've said, I know you by name and have found you have found favor with me. But if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. I love this appeal. Moses says, God, I want to know you. God, I just want to know about you. I want to know you. Reveal yourself to me. Verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you. I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Now, there are times in Moses' history where God's not pleased with him because he's not been obedient, because he's, his heart has not been aligned with God. But here's a moment where God loves to answer this prayer. God says to Moses, I'm going to let you all go. I'm, I'm going to distance myself from you. And you know, there's some people today that I think if they hear God say that, say, okay, God, I'd kind of like some distance from you. I'd kind of like to go it alone a little bit more. But Moses says, God, I don't want to go anywhere without you. I want to know you. Lord, I don't just want you to lead us. I want to know you, Lord. And God loves to answer those prayers. And so while well, a few moments before God says, I'm going to send an angel to lead you. Now God says, Moses, I'm pleased with your appeal. I will go with you. Does God hear when we pray? Or does prayer just change us? God hears when we pray. 
and he answers. Reminds me of Jesus' challenge in Matthew chapter 7 when he said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Forever asks, receive. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. That's what Moses does. Psalm 116 verse 1 says, I love the Lord because he heard my appeal for mercy. Because he has turned his ear to me, I will call to him as long as I live. Moses appeals to God for mercy, and God listens, and Moses is joyful, loves the Lord. Isaiah 55, verse 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Pray with confidence, because there are times when you pray, and God will answer your prayers immediately, the way that he answered Moses. My dad's kind of going through a a uh, difficult time right now where he's uh, losing weight and needs to eat more and needs to spend more time with people. And so Linda found a place in his town for um, uh, called Active Aging for, for people my dad's age who um, need to eat better and need more time with people. Dad can't drive. And so um, this place for a very small fee you can get transportation and you can eat their meals at a very reasonable price where people gather to be together. So recently my sister took dad to check it out, but she said they arrived there a little bit late. And so most of the seats were taken. And whenever there were, wherever she saw empty seats, she didn't see anybody that she recognized. Dad didn't know anybody that he could easily connect with. Linda wrote me a note. She said, so I said a quick prayer for God to show us a good table for dad's first experience there. And then I saw somebody who looked vaguely familiar and there were two places open next to him. We walked over and it was a cousin of dad's. I'd met him at the county fair a couple of years ago and his wife. Linda said a classmate of mine was just across the table from them and next to me. We both had a very enjoyable time. We learned that dad's cousins and his cousin and his wife had been active members in the Conneville church for over 60 years. She said she eats there every day because she doesn't have a functioning kitchen due to some renovations. And she has loved eating there and loved visiting with the people there. Dad asked her to save him a seat and he'd go back on Friday. Listen, God answers prayers, and sometimes he answers them immediately. Sometimes even the prayer as simple as, God, would you show us a good table for my dad? And he'll answer your prayers too. One caveat, though, most of the time God answers prayers over time. Somebody has observed that praying is kind of like mining, a miner once wrote, there are long periods of time when the deep holes are being bored with great effort into the hard rock. To bore the holes deeply enough into the most strategic spots for removing the main body of rock is a work that takes patience, steadiness, and a great deal of skill. Once the hole is finished, however, the shot was inserted, connected to a fuse, and you know, it goes off. To light the fuse... And the fire and, and to fire the shot is not only easy, but it's also very interesting. He said, one immediately sees results. 
the shot resounds, pieces of rock go flying in every direction. He concludes that while the more painstaking work takes both skill, patience, takes skill, patience, and strength of character, anybody can light the fuse that gives the initial explosion. Tim Keller observed from that, from that illustration, says this is helpful because it warns us against only fuse lighting prayers. Those kinds of prayers that we drop as soon as they don't get an immediate result. If we believe both in the power of prayer and in the wisdom of God, we will pray patient prayers, whole boring kinds of prayers. Mature believers know that handling the tedium is part of what makes for effective prayer. We must avoid extremes of either not asking God for things or of thinking we can bend God's will to ours simply by the asking. We must combine tenacity, importunity, a striving with God, with deep acceptance of God's will, wherever it is. We need both the whole boring prayer that takes skill and time and patience but we also need to be able to offer those prayers that are just the firecracker prayer. God, I need an answer. The kind of prayer that once the hole is bored deep into the rock can create an explosion that gives you breakthrough. Both prayers are important. I love the Lord said the psalmist, because he has heard my appeal for mercy. Because he's turned his ear to me, I will call out to him as long as I live. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. I know I'm talking to some people who have seen God answer your prayers immediately. And what a blessing. And I know I'm also talking to some people who have spent a lot of time praying prayers that feel like you're just digging through hard rock and wonder if you'll ever get a breakthrough. Let me encourage you. God hears your prayers just like he heard Moses. He's listening. And he will answer according to his goodwill. Call on him while he is near. Call on him because he is near. Heavenly Father, we ask, we thank you for prayer and that you hear our prayers right now. I ask that you, I thank you that you give, you know, lightning fast answers sometimes that are spectacular. They're like fireworks that go off immediately and, and you are there and it is powerful and it is moving and and we're just so thankful, Lord. But Lord, help us also to be patient and to be persistent in prayer, to be wise in prayer, skillful, seeking your face, surrendering to your leadership, waiting for your answer, trusting that your answer is always good, 
even though it may not be the answer that we want. That your prayer is always best, even though it may not be the answer that we would choose. Lord, hear our prayers right now. I pray for my friends who are listening to this. There are burdens that they're carrying, desires that they have, hopes that they're dreaming for. I ask, Lord, that you would hear their prayers right now and show yourself faithful and strong. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. Hope to see you soon.